Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. I think that there is some exciting news that uh, the two of you, Chelsea and Sean, want to mention to us. What happened to you this past weekend? So we were at one of our local watering holes, uh-huh. and we did not know it at the time, but we were stumbling upon a NASCAR watch party of the Daytona 500. It's like a kickoff party, right? Yeah, and it was like sponsored by the Darlington Motor Speedway right? and the Florence Center. And there was a contest. You were texting me. You're like, I'm actually doing good at trivia about NASCAR. There were trivia questions. There were cars that we had drawn at random. And if our drivers did well, we won prizes. We the, cl- we cleaned up. All the swag. We cleaned and- up. I think these people were hating us. We won tickets to the Darlington race. Tickets to a crash-up derby. Uh-huh. We won hats. We won cushioned chairs. We won... T-shirts. Uh, t-shirts. We won all the koozies in the world. I mean, it was insane. Like, and... We made out like bandits. And, Chelsea, you were on the news. I was. I was. But this is not a trade and paint podcast. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 17 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Safe Travsage, mm-hmm. aka I Trav you, I Trav you not, uh-huh. aka my best friend is a Travpire. Uh, and I will be your host, and I'm joined as always here in the shop by my co host and co producer, Ground Sean Troll, aka Age of Innochance, aka Robert Sean Leonard, obviously. <laughs> and then in our third seat, we've got the Chop Shop Regulator. Dead Poets Chelsiety, nice. a.k.a. A Glimpse of Chell, a.k.a. Chelsea Walls. Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. We're not actually in favor, though, of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we stand on our chairs and succeed. We do. That's going to bring us into our first segment tonight, and that's going to be movie news. And this is where, throughout the week or the period between recordings, we try to pay attention to news stories that pertain to the world of cinema, the world of remakes, and really anything that pertains to our show or that you, the chop shoppers out there, might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week for movie news, we've got a few RIPs. Uh, First, we've got rest in peace and rest in power to Lindsay Perlman, who was 43. She was found dead inside her car on February 18th at Runyon Canyon Park. There were allegedly pills strewn about throughout the inside of the vehicle. She had left two suicide notes uh prior to this so she was known for general hospital she was also on chicago justice on nbc as joy fletcher and would also later appear on sneaky pete american housewife and selena the series and she had uh suffered from a years-long battle with depression so once again, rest in peace and rest in power to her. And if you're having, if you're experiencing depression, you're experiencing dark thoughts or suicidal thoughts, please reach out to somebody and seek help. Uh, next, rest in peace and rest in power to 
somebody I I wasn't aware of prior to your text, Sean. The amazing Jonathan. Oh yeah. The amazing Jonathan, unpredictable and inventive magician slash stand-up comedian. Who is the amazing Jonathan? He, he was a comic magician. Okay. And small world, uh, one-time guest of the show, Doctor Mason. Oh right. Okay. He was. Uh, he was just at an Amazing Jonathan show not a few weeks before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, um, John Edward Zells, a magician and stand-up comedian better known by his stage name, the Amazing Jonathan, has died. His death, confirmed by his wife, fellow performer Anastasia Sin, was the result of a critical heart condition, a diagnosis he struggled with since 2007. He was... 63 and was known as the freddy krueger of magic that comes to us from the av club rest in peace and rest in power to sally kellerman uh who was known for her role in the mash movie as hot lips Hulahan, right the prolific Oscar-nominated actress who played Major Marlick Hotlips O'Hulahan in the 1970 film *Mash* has died, according to the Hollywood Reporter. She was 84 at the time. Kellerman died Thursday morning after a battle with dementia. Oh, that's sad. Her son Jack Crane told the publication, and that story is from CNN.com. Uh, rest in peace and rest in power to the three of them. Uh, next up, Tom Brady. The football player, not the comedian, Tom Brady, uh, makes post-football moves to produce a peer-in road comedy for Paramount, and it's going to be starring uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno. And you had you had some commentary on this, right? Yeah, apparently he's not done lobbing bombs after all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next, Dan Stevens to play Paul Snyder in a Hulu Chippendale series called Immigrant. This movie is going to focus on the role of, and I'm looking for it here, Steve Banerjee, uh, Banerjee, Steve Banerjee, Soman Steve Banerjee, who was one of the co-founders of the Chippendale's Mail Review. And there is a uh, murder that takes place within the history of that company. Uh, but also one of the other partners was this guy named Paul Snyder, who was a uh, Canadian and he was married to a Playboy playmate named Dorothy Stratton, who he murdered. Uh, so there's multiple murders surrounding these various people. And um, the the main role, Steve... Benarji is going to be played by Kumail Nanjiani. Okay. And that comes to us from Slash Film. Next up, the 2022 Oscars controversy may lead to nominees boycotting the awards. So there's a couple of different controversies lately. First uh, came the highly questionable decision to integrate fan voting into the ceremony, giving the internet the opportunity to band together and send the people's choice for their most favorite movie of 2021 to the Oscars in the form of, well, probably the definition of the dreaded participation trophy. <laughs> the move was likely motivated by the desire to give the biggest movie of the year, Spider-Man No Way Home, some semblance of recognition after allegedly getting snubbed. Uh, then... We've got the recent news that in an effort to trim down runtime of the lengthy ceremony, certain award categories will not be announced live, including 
documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. All right. So uh, do you remember recently I we were talking about Roald Dahl and I told you what my favorite Roald Dahl story was? It was called Danny, the Champion of the World. Yeah, yeah. And it's about this kid and his dad who live in like a gypsy caravan. And he's a pheasant poacher. And he teaches his son how to be a pheasant poacher. Um, also, I learned that gypsy is a derogatory term. You should use like vagabond. Well, this in particular was the type of uh, transportation, a gypsy... Uh, caravan exactly it it was exactly what that was uh but benedict cumberbatch is being sued over the script to that movie or to the, the rights to that story apparently his company sunny march is being sued over the rights to a roll doll script variety can reveal sunny march whose directors are cumberbatch and his producing partner adam ackland entered into a co-production agreement with portobello productions in November of 2019 to make a film adaptation of Dahl's novel, Danny, the Champion of the World. The lawsuit alleges that, quote, since the date of the agreement, no material progress has been made in the development of the film. The parties have not engaged a director and no revised first draft of the screenplay has been produced. So basically they've, uh, waited with their sitting on their hands for too long and now they're being sued finally guillermo del toro has been fighting to adapt this hp lovecraft book for 15 years hp lovecraft's novella at the mountains of madness is no stranger to rejection initially pitched to the sci-fi magazine weird tales in 1931 it was rejected by the publisher for being too long Several decades later, filmmaker and horror auteur Guillermo del Toro has been trying to adapt the same story about an ambitious team of Arctic explorers into a feature film. But he's long had troubles convincing major studios to back it. To some, it would seem that the big screen is just not in the cards for this particular Lovecraftian excursion, but del Toro hasn't given up just yet. And that comes to us from SlashFilm.com. All right, that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hey, how you doing, Chop Shoppers? The Forrest Gump sequel starts out talking about the shrimp business, but then it forays into telling the story of Forrest's life in the 80s. The girl who farts in a jar had to quit selling her farts because she was eating so much fart-inducing food that it gave her chest pains, and her doctor advised her to change her diet and start taking gas pills, so her business went <laughs> Belle du jour means beauty of the day, and is also the French term for the morning glory. David Zayas was Sergeant Angel Batista on Dexter. I don't think Gary Marshall intentionally cast Richard Gere in a role opposite the one he played in American Gigolo, since there were a host of other actors considered for the role instead, including Daniel Day-Lewis, Denzel Washington, and even Robin Williams. 
John Travolta auditioned for the role of Edward. Oddly enough, he turned down the lead in American Gigolo. That's all you get for a 20. See y'all on the corner next week. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. And we'll see you on the corner of Chop and Shop Avenue. That's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. It's really, really about time that we did this one, guys. Is it? Yeah, I think that it's probably long overdue. Have the fans been demanding it? Yeah, our email, it's just blowing up for the RSL episode. We're talking about the films of Robert Sean Leonard. RSL, RSL. They just keep chanting. Um, So for his 53rd birthday, February 28th, 1969, the films of Robert Sean Leonard. He's an American actor best known for playing Dr. James Wilson in the television series House from 2004 to 2012, and Neil Perry in the film Dead Poets Society. He won the Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Play for his performance in The Invention of Love in 2001. His other theater credits include Candida, Long Day's Journey into Night, Breaking the Code, The Speed of Darkness, Philadelphia, Here I Come, Arcadia, The Music Man, Born Yesterday, 5th of July, and To Kill a Mockingbird. From 2013 to 2014, he had a recurring role as Dr. Roger Kadar on the television series Falling Skies. He also starred as the leading role in Swing Kids, playing Peter Mueller. He and Ethan Hawke, his co-star in Dead Poets Society and Tape, have been friends since childhood. Hawk and Leonard founded the Malapart Theater Company along with James Waterston, Steve Zahn, and Frank Whaley. We know who all of those people are, except James Waterston is the son of Sam, Sam Waterston from uh, Law and Order fame and many other things. Uh, so that's what we're talking about today. And I know that he seems like kind of a humdrum, milk toast subject. But I know you reached out and watched quite a few of his movies this week, Sean. I watched a few. And yeah. what was your take on his on his acting prowess? It's fine, but he's obviously found a comfort zone in television because that's where most of his credits lie in the last ten years or so. Right, uh, House, The Good Doctor, Blue Bloods. Um, he tends to skew towards those TV procedural dramas as he's gotten older. Right. Uh, Chelsea, any thoughts on this this actor before we proceed? I just thought he was really pretty in Dead Poets Society. Okay, yeah. We need to talk about our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel, and we each talk about two films that are within our subject at hand, this week being the films of Robert Sean Leonard, and we talk about why they would be a decent pairing for a double feature and Chelsea, would you like to go first with yours? Sure. Um, I'm taking 1985's The Goonies, and I'm pairing it with a movie from 2000, Memento. Let me tell you why. Yes, please do. So in The Goonies, Robert Davy Davy stars... Davy. Davy. Really? Mm. Anyways, Robert Davy mm-hmm. is one of the Fratelli brothers, I yep. believe. And then you have... Sean Astin playing Mikey 
And then in Memento, the lead character is Leonard, yep. a.k.a. Lenny. Yeah, I like it. So I like it. I see what you did there. That's good. <laughs> very nice. So Robert Shaw and Leonard is very much present. Cool deal. And actually, those are two very good movies. Um, yes. Uh, okay, over to you, Sean. What do you got for a double feature for us? All right, so I took... Uh, two films that I think were kind of like proving grounds for Robert Sean Leonard's later TV work. They're both in that uh, investigative crime procedural procedural kind of thing. So the first one is called Killer, a Journal of Murder. Now, I have not seen this, but I am intrigued. All right. So it's from 1995. It was directed by Tim Metcalf, and this is his only directing credit. However, he wrote uh, California. With a K? With K. Yeah, yes. with David Duchovny and Brad Pitt. Um, he also wrote The Haunting in Connecticut, uh, one of those fun, uh, you know, haunting Hauntings ghost movies. Of. Yeah, yeah. I think it actually kind of kicked off that whole trend. But uh, it stars James Woods as Carl Panzram, the uh, acclaimed serial killer. Acclaimed? Notorious. Notorious serial killer. And Robert Sean Leonard as Henry Lesser, a... Jewish prison guard. Okay. And that actually plays heavily into the narrative of the film. He's a prison guard at Leavenworth prison. He has very lofty ideals and hopes of reforming these prisoners, which at the time was not a very, you know, uh, uh, welcome subject. It was just, just beat the shit out of them. They're horrible people. So he does kind of sort of befriend Carl Panzram. And the result of course is a written testimonial from Panzram confessing to all of his crimes and he gives him permission to publish it as a book. Okay. Uh, the second film I could not find anywhere. Unfortunately, I have not seen this movie, but it was from 1998. It was directed by Andrew Chapman, his only directing credit. Huh. He was one of the writers on the Disney film Pocahontas. It stars Robert Sean Leonard, Dennis Haysbert and Natasha Henstridge. I want to see this. Here's the uh, synopsis. A heavily armed cult in rural Texas is stormed by the FBI and local police at dawn. So it's Waco. Hell breaks loose. Some cops make it to an abandoned farmhouse where they find two cute cult women. They're cute? They're cute, apparently. Or is that the name of the cult? They're the no, cute cult? no, no, they're just cute. I, I want to see it, but it's I... kind of intriguing. So yeah, but anyway, uh, proving grounds for his later TV work is what my point was. My pairing is, it's kind of abstract. I, the first movie is one that I actually liked. Um, it's from 2001. It's directed by Richard Linkletter, who would uh, work with Robert Sean Leonard later and uh, also Ethan Hawke later. Uh, this is called Tape from 2001. We've got a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a three-character ensemble piece set within the confines of a tawdry motel lodge in Lansing, Michigan. After 10 years apart, three disparate people come together to play out the unresolved drama of their final days in high school. Intrigued, we watch as layers of denial are slowly peeled away. Suspense builds, and each character is provoked into revealing his or her true nature and motivation. So I don't want to reveal too much because it is actually a good movie um, and very suspenseful and very dramatic considering that it's only three actors in the movie. We've got... RLS, RSL, we've got <laughs> RSL and Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. <clears throat> the only thing that I'll say is that in her very limited time on screen, uh, Uma Thurman, her character 
has some turns. So then I'm going to pair this with another movie that we've talked about before. None of us liked it. It wasn't very good, but there is a connection. The movie's called Chelsea Walls from 2001 as well. This one was directed by Ethan Hawke and also starred Uma Thurman and Robert Sean Leonard, as well as uh, Rosario Dawson, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Steve Zahn. It's about the all-new residents of the historic Chelsea Hotel, a former haven for the budding New York City artists. These new hotel residents, young and full of expectations, mingle with the old hotel ghosts and guests, ultimately becoming interchangeable. They form a community linked by their dreams. Uh, I do not recommend this movie. It's not good, but we do have the... Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Robert Sean Leonard connection in between. And on paper, this movie should work. It should have been better than it was. It was terrible. Yeah. And I blame that on Ethan Hawke personally. I think he fucked up directing. Me too. I think he was just sucking his own dick. I agree. (laughs) But they came out the same year. They were both in 2001. One of them is good. One of them is bad. All right. So that's going to wrap us up on the Midnight Double feature for this week. Bringing us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a predetermined movie that we have all watched in advance. And we talk about it a little bit. And then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers. Or not. This one, I liked it more than I like to admit. There was some fun things about this movie. It's called My Best Friend is a Vampire from 1987. It was directed by Jimmy Houston. We've got no rating on Rotten Tomatoes. A teenager, played by Evan Morand, his best friend, played by Robert Sean Leonard, delivers groceries to a mansion and is bitten by a vampire mistress. That's the whole that's the whole description. Uh what did you think of the movie, Sean? It is Typical for its time mm-hmm. in terms of horny teen yes. slash supernatural comedy. It reminded me of Teen Wolf in certain regards. It reminded me of Fright Night in certain yep. regards. Um, it's pedestrian. There's nothing remarkable about it. But like you Except said. Except for a bunch of little nuggets, right? Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of little nuggets in it. But, you know, it's a fun movie. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. But you're not going to be you know, shaken or, you know, there's no revelation. It's, it's a film. So there was uh, some things that you pointed out to me. Fanny Flagg as his mom, David Warner from The Omen, Sark from Tron, his assistant who was uh, one of the bobs in office space. That's right. (laughs) Oh, and Rene Abergenois. Yeah. Who's, Who's that? He was, uh, Odo from uh, Deep Space Trek, Nine. Deep Space, and he was like the governor on Benson. Okay, gotcha. He, he passed away just a few years ago. Okay. I, damn, I never realized that was the same dude. All right, cool. Um, also, uh, Cecilia Peck is the granddaughter of, no, the only daughter of Gregory, Gregory Peck. Peck. We That's figured right. that out as well. All right. And uh, Chelsea, your thoughts on... My best friend is a vampire. I didn't really watch it. Okay, so did you, uh, Sean, notice that 
the the parents were they just thought he that their son was gay yeah and so there was a, definitely some metaphors for 1980s homophobia absolutely yeah and then he brings home the girlfriend and they're like whoo yeah that reminds me of uh, uh what was it nightmare on elm street two no 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 it's three like- Dream, yeah, Dream Warriors. No, 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 not Dream not Warriors. Dream Warriors. I think it's three that has the huge gay subtext, and this movie definitely plays that out as well. So I accidentally watched this movie again. I <laughs> watched it in 2020 or something like that, and then I watched it again for this, and then I went to check it in, and it's like, do you want to edit your review? And I went and looked, and it was like metaphors abound. <laughs> 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 All right, so the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got RSL, Robert Sean Leonard, as Jeremy Capello. He was 19 at the time. Then we've got his best friend, Ralph, played by Evan Morand, who was... I couldn't find an couldn't exact either. age on him. I'm saying somewhere between 18 and 20. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, Cheryl Pollock playing Darla Blake, who is the girl that, that Jeremy is interested in, who he keeps having to reassure that everything's fine um, and she's eventually there for him and then we've got Cecilia Peck daughter of Gregory Peck who was 30 at the time playing Nora the vampire mistress Chelsea who is your Jeremy Capello so my actor was in the stupid Nicholas Sparks adaptation of the lucky one mm-hmm the one where Taylor Schilling looks like she could be Zac Efron's mom rather than girlfriend. Um, he also voices a little kid show that I have seen fucking every episode of, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Um, and some movie called The Beaver that I've never seen. Is it about Leave it to Beaver? I don't know. His name is Riley Thomas Stewart. Riley Thomas Stewart. Okay. Right on. I'm uh, not familiar with him, but... Uh, there's a lot of mine that I wasn't familiar with before this either. So Sean, it's your turn. What do you got? All right. So I'm seeing this movie is being played out as a super campy, Mm -hmm. like parody of itself, as opposed to the very serious nature. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. No, but even more so in that my cast are all age inappropriate for their roles. Uh huh. So my actor is 45 years old and he was in American pie. Okay. The Dukes of Hazard, and Goon. I went with Sean William Scott. Yeah. Okay. So you're taking like a wet hot American summer approach. Maybe. Maybe they're all way that. too old. But there's another layer. Okay. Which will become evident very soon. There are no layers to mine <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, my actor is 21 now. He's in Henry Danger, The Adventures of Kid Danger, and Danger Force. It's a very dangerous pick. His name is Jace Norman. Nice. Jace Norman is my pick for Jeremy. Moving it on to uh, basically the title character. If the title is My Best Friend is a Vampire. Right. He's the person whose best friend is a vampire. It's uh, Ralph, played by Evan Morand. And Chelsea, who did you pick for this one? My actor was in the new version of It and It Chapter 2 mm-hmm. and Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. His name is Jeremy Ray Taylor. Jeremy Ray Taylor. Jeremy Ray Taylor. Well, at least he has three names. So you know that he's probably a scoundrel of some of some sort. Right. 
Sean, what you got? My actor's 57 years old. He was in Powder. He was in Suicide Kings. Mm-hmm. And he was a co-star in Boondock Saints. His name is uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery, didn't I mention him last week? Maybe. and I think so. And Chelsea was like, no, he's terrible. No, that was no. somebody else. My pick is 19 now. Uh, he is... In the upcoming Avatar The Last Airbender as Soka, he's in Physical as Zeke, and he's Robbie in 13 Reasons Why. His name is Ian Owsley. Next. Chad Michael Murray as That's Richard Gere. That's I was thinking of. <clears throat> what did you say? Robert, Fuck that guy. Robert Sean Montgomery. <laughs> what? Sean Patrick Flannery was yeah, his pick. Totally the same person. <laughs> Next up, we've got Cheryl Pollock as Darla Blake, and she was 21 at the time. She would also uh, be in an episode of 21 Jump Street mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt and be in Brad Pitt's feature film debut. Cheryl Pollock, 21 at the time, playing Darla Blake and Chelsea. My actress is in a CW television show that's mm-hmm. new called Naomi. She's in Kevin Can Wait. Grey's Anatomy a bunch. Her name is Mary Charles Jones. Well, we have to talk about Kevin Can Wait. And Sean, over to you. Who's your Darla? All right. So my actress is 43 years old. Uh, She was in a show called Booked It. She was in The Etruscan Smile. And she's been in Criminal Minds. Her name is Sean Catherine O'Connor. My pick is 19 now. She's in a movie called Ham on Rye. Agorable, Us, the uh, the Jordan Peele movie Us, or produced movie Us. She was also on Friends, which is weird because if she's only 19, she would have had to have been a baby. That's because she was Emma Geller-Green, a.k.a. Ross and Rachel's baby on Friends. Her name is Noelle Sheldon. Okay. Ooh. Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, we've got the vampire mistress, Nora, played by Cecilia Peck. And she really knows how to um, bring out the welcome wagon. When he arrives, she's in negligee. Yeah. She's like, it's okay if you want to look. Look at me, Jeremy. And um, finding out later that that was Gregory Peck's daughter was kind of kind of threw me for a loop. Cecilia Peck was 30, and Chelsea, who's your Nora? My Nora is on the Disney Plus reboot of Doogie Hauser. Doogie, I can't say the name. It's long, but it's a doozy, Doogie Hauser reboot. Okay. Uh, she was on Scandal and Shameless. Her name is Peyton Elizabeth Lee. Okay, I'm still just hung up on this reboot of Doogie Howser. I know, right? And you can't pronounce the last name? No. It's... Is it Howitzer? No, <laughs> it starts with a K. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? My pick is 62 years old. Whoa. She was in No Way Out. She's really 2,000 years old. She was in No Way Out. She was in the original Dune. Mm-hmm. She was in Blade Runner. I went with Sean Young. Yeah. No, I like that. What yeah. is my second theme? Uh, the names. They're all Sean's. Yep, all Sean's. Spelled in that despicable S-E-A-N. Right. No, I, I kept typing it wrong as I was doing research this week. Research. We call it research. 
All right. Well, my pick for Nora is 29 now, and she's a Turkish actress. Um, also a comedian, model, brand ambassador, and dancer. She appears in three films that I cannot attempt to pronounce the names of because they're in Turkish. But I will say her name is Demet Ozdemir. Demet Ozdemir is my pick. And what motivated this pick? Um, age and exoticness. As I say, besides her cleavage. In the she picture. also bears a striking resemblance to, um, what's her name, from Modern Family? Who's... Oh, oh, oh. Ariel Winter. No, not Ariel Winter. <laughs> no, uh, what's her face? Uh, 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 Megalinello's wife. Yes. Oh, Sofia Vergara. Sofia Vergara. She also looks a lot like Sofia Vergara, but she looks like she could be a vampire mistress who um, might seduce somebody into a, a path down she, the darkness. She might suck something. All right. So... Uh, Final thoughts on my best friend is a vampire. It's silly, predictable, and cute. Mm -hmm. I I didn't think about it before, but you're it is kind of uh, Robert Sean Leonard's Teen Wolf. Yeah, totally. It's his crack at it, you know. Um, Chelsea, um, I don't have any thoughts. I didn't watch it. No thoughts. Um, that one part where he's trying to shave. But he can't see himself in the mirror. That was pretty good. That was pretty funny. That was clever. I've never seen that in that any vampire gag. movie. It was a nice gag. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to bring us to intermission. Uh, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some. Oh, Captain, my Captain Crunch. <laughs> And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long! And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. Hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem! Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's, He's out, out of, of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chop Choppers, for bearing with us during intermission. Um, when we come back from intermission, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. What do we got? Well, Allie has brought back a crowler of uh, Edmunds Oast pills for us. Edmunds Oast out of Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. So this uh, is... Just had something from them the other day with Michelle at Bird's Nest. They had something on 
from them. Well, this would be their Pilsner, and it was poured just hours ago. So speaking of my lovely wife, Michelle, uh, for a recent gift, she got me a certified NBA basketball. And I was like, it, it looks a little small. And she's like, no, nah, it says NBA right there. And I was like, okay. It was like and a three-quarter scale? No, we, uh, me and me and a buddy were looking at it and we're like, yeah, it seems small. And we looked it up and it's actually a girl's ball. <gasps> she got me a girl's ball. But this is not a gender study podcast. <laughs> All right, we're trying this pills. You don't have to bounce it to walk with it. That's why it's an NBA basketball. You get to like travel a That's couple really of good. steps yeah. on the way to the... Travel and Travis. <laughs> Oh, this is tasty. I've never been. Um, Ooh, it's a little grassy to me. You get grass on there? Mm hmm. Ass, gas, or grass? See, yeah, in the first half, I was drinking the um, the beer we checked in last week, mm -hmm. and that was so much nicer. After and while we enjoy that beer, we're going to talk about the 2022 movie marathon. And as of this recording, it is the 56th day of the year. I'm on 65 and a half. So I'm nine and a half ahead of the day. What are you guys on? Go ahead and blow me away. I'm on 74. 74. Jeez. 78. 78. Look out. And so, Chelsea, of those 78, what would you like to... I don't really Which have check any. check-in would you like to talk about? I, I mean, don't you, really have any from this week, You've though, seen 12 movies since our last I know, recording, but they, and you don't have any of those? They're not really that noteworthy. They were just... Of 12, you yeah. don't have one? Mm-mm. Well, then I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Drive My Car. Okay. So I, I dreamed about watching this. I really need to watch it. It is. It's a three-hour foreign film, so get ready to read. Um, yes. Do like I did. Watch it over the course of a few days if you want. In my opinion, it's not only the best foreign language film this year, it's the best movie this year. I oh. absolutely fucking love this movie. Hell yeah. Um, you sent me a message. You said the car itself is a character. In absolutely. The, the guy's driving a 1987 Saab 900 Turbo. And you know it is a Saab 900 Turbo. I've driven one of those before. They, they show it so many times. And uh -huh. the shots are so so intentional it's like in a sea of white gray and black cars you've got a red car and that's it's just unmistakable the Saab 900 turbo is the first car i ever drove like 80 miles an hour in on the interstate um but that just scratches the surface i mean the story building is incredible and it breaks the rule of show of show don't tell you know, in film, they say you've got to show the audience what you're trying to convey. You can't just tell them through dialogue. This movie is built on dialogue storytelling, and it's done extremely well. And it centers around a, a playwright who his wife has passed away. He's directing a play for a festival. It's Uncle Vanya by Chekhov, which is a tough work altogether. And he's trying to get the play off the ground. And there's so many little layers that are happening throughout the film that I can't really go into too deep. I love this movie. I'm going to watch it. I think this movie is a beautiful slice of life kind of film that tells a very simple story about coming to terms with loss and what kind of blame you carry with yourself for that loss. It's just freaking good. All right, well, I've got a controversial pick for my number 60, 
It's the long-awaited licorice pizza directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It was a 2021 film and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I said it was a return to form for PTA and there were outstanding performances from Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman. What did this film have to offer other than a pedophile romance at its theme? I don't think you can even call it a pedophile romance. He was 15, she was 25. And they never did anything except for kiss in the last scene of the movie. But, I know, but, but it was clearly a love story. But what else them. is the movie about? The movie is about child actors, the Hollywood machine. It's about um, people on the outside looking in. It's about a time and place, the 70s. Um, it, and if you look at his body of work, Paul Thomas Anderson, that is. Like like I said, did you like the movie Boogie Nights? At the time, not really. You didn't like it at the time. So if you remember in that film, uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Roller Girl, mm -hmm. their characters were both underage. Right. And there's a lot of salacious shit, but it was also a commentary on the time. But Boogie Nights had an a story arc that was not just about them being underage. This movie, in my opinion, was a flirtatious romance that spans the course from start to finish between a 15 year old and a 25 year old girl. And I posit to you, if the genders were flipped, this would be an outrageous film that people would be pissed off about and angry about of a 25 year old predator who was grooming a 15 year old girl. And that's my that's my one and only issue with this movie. Was but, it was it shot well? Yes. yes. Was it was the music great? Yes. Yes. Was the acting good? Yes. I loved seeing the fucking band Haim in a movie. Yes. I thought that was fantastic. There also, was, their parents were their actual parents. Uh, that stuff is great. My issue. There's another issue though. Who the fuck gets a business license at age 15 to open a pinball alley? Somebody who already has established connections right. in the business so, world because but anyway, they were a child actor. I just didn't understand the story outside of the relationship between them. And that relationship just made me uncomfortable. And I didn't really get it. I was like 45 minutes in and I was like, what What the fuck are you trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But that relationship really did not sit well with me. Gotcha. I watched a movie from 1993 called Suture. Suture, as in Stitches. Suture is a 1993 neo-noir indie flick. It stars Dennis Haysbert. Second time oh, I've mentioned him. Oh, I saw your uh Yeah, yeah. If Face Off was a, a clever noir indie oh. flick, that doesn't even scratch the surface. Uh, Haysbert is the half brother of a white dude mm -hmm. whose father has just passed away and he meets his half brother for the first time. And they're kind of like, kind of, you know, oh yeah, I met you at the funeral. I saw you there. Hey, yeah. and we're just going to kind of clean up this mess and do the, do the business side of, of, of a family death kind of thing. And then oh, I can't give it away, but Haysbert is in a catastrophic accident that causes him to get facial surgery and rehabilitation. Okay. And there's some really nefarious shit going on that you don't know until the very end of the movie. And it's 
really freaking cool. All right. Well, my next one is called King Knight, and it's number 59 for me. Uh, it stars Matthew Gray Goobler from Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, yes. Uh, he's a former preppy turned Wicca priest who has who has to, quote, come out of the broom closet at his high school reunion. It's a comedy. I like that. And idea. it's very funny. The ensemble cast is great. Um, I thought it was really great. I gave it four stars and a little heart emoji. Oh, must be good. Um, one real quick one for you, and this will be my last one. This is a uh, Robert Sean Leonard film, Ground Control. To Major Tom. Starring uh, Kiefer Sutherland. My review. In the name of Ted Stryker, I declare this a piece of garbage. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is basically a serious version of the, those airplane disaster yes. movies. There is a ton of sweaty face acting directly to the camera. As if, as if you're looking at a control panel and you're trying to figure shit out. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, Robert Sean Leonard, they try to avert not one, but two air disasters as air traffic controllers. It's almost like they finished the first story arc and they said, oh shit, we got 30 minutes more to fill. I'm just throwing another air disaster. We'll do this one too. Speaking of Keith, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, I just heard that he's going to play FDR in an upcoming, uh, it might even be Oppenheimer. He might be FDR in Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah, in, in in something. I could be wrong. Dana, I got one more check-in, and it's going to be Big Buck is a French future tech sci-fi satire from the director of Amelie, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, and it's witty and stylistic. Uh, the director himself, if you've seen any of his work, you know how much he loves color, and it's very apparent in that, but it's also, it's like... If you took the Gestapo of Nazi Germany and transplanted it to 2045, where AI has become everything that takes care of us, and then take it from there. Okay. I liked it. We've opened our last beer of the day. Oh, we got one more after that. This is... Oh, you have one? Oh, well, this is... Uh, is this Isla or Isla? It depends uh, if you're Scottish or Hispanic. Well, let's try the Hispanic version. Isla. Isla de Noche. Island of Night. This is the uh, dark lager from uh, Resident Culture. Dark Mexican lager with a hint of lime. With a hint of lime. Okay. I like that. Like my Tostitos with a hint of lime. Well, imagine if like Modelo Negro was a uh, craft beer. Okay. I do like a uh, Negra Modelo. I also um, like the Dos Equis if I go to a Mexican restaurant. That's one of my go-tos. We're going to bring it into the second part of our feature segment. That is The Recast Continued. Part two. The sequel. And we're going to be talking about a movie that I, I enjoy quite a bit. I've seen it multiple times. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. And it's called Swing Kids. This is uh, from, well, set in 1939. What year did this come out? Uh, 1993. Oh, it's a inverse. Okay. So 1993, Swing Kids, directed by Thomas Carter. It's got a 56% 
on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it could be a little bit higher, but I could also understand some of the uh, the judgment there. there. There's some parts that are a little bit corny. American big band jazz beats in the hearts of young German friends, played by Robert Sean Leonard, Christian Bale, and Frank Whaley. Um, and they are, because of it, confronted by Nazis. And so the, the movie starts off with the uh, subscript. It says... Uh, in 1939, there was a, a movement in Berlin, Germany, amongst youthful people who uh, refused to join the Hitler Youth and were also obsessed with jazz culture and swing music and American movies and American vernacular, Western culture. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, there is this very nationalist, very nazi <laughs> we're in germany in the 1930s uh pressure on everyone to fall in line and uh you've seen this movie yeah Sean. and what were your thoughts um at first i was kind of a little irked by their just full-on american accents and no affectation of german yeah however chelsea pointed out to me she said well sometimes when you they do that it's awful and i'm like you know what? That's fine. Yeah, I'm cool well, it's with almost this. like when uh, people play ancient Romans and they all have British British accents. accents. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this context, it fits in. Um, I liked Frank Whaley's character a lot, Arvid. Arvid, and yeah. I loved his um, care towards his records. Oh yeah, I can identify with that. No, he um, was pissed at that scratch. Um, it was a bit predictable, though, in terms of who was going to flip. Um, it was it was interesting to see Noah Wiley as a yeah. Nasty I was going to ask Nazi. you that. Yeah, I was I was wondering. I was like, did you spot Noah Wiley? Of course, as Emil. Of course, I mean, Mister yeah. Mr. Er, yeah. and just uh, he was he was dirty. But yeah, Barbara Hershey as the mother that was an interesting casting choice. Mm -hmm. I think she's actually my recast of her is my favorite of the night. Of course, I can't watch her without thinking of her prosthetic boobs. Just moving around yeah. <laughs> whichever way. <laughs> the possession or whatever yes. it was called. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see Noah Wiley and they're boxing, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure there's a grammatical error in the sentence that's on the top of the wall, but I couldn't see it again. It's Tell like me. a it's like a sentence written in German, but it has the, the wrong um conjugation. Yeah. No conjugation. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Robert Sean Leonard as Peter Mueller. Chelsea, your pick. My actor was in Catch-22, Major Crimes, Two and a Half Men. His name is Graham Patrick Martin. Graham Patrick Martin. Are you doing a three-name thing again? I am. Nice. Over to you, Sean. I, too, am doing a three-name thing, and I'm continuing my theme of inappropriate age casting. Good. My actor can be seen in The Connors, and ironically, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, what? as well as Beverly Hills 90210. I'm with Brian Austin Green. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, wasn't he, for a time, married to Megan Fox? Yes. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, he was. And now, who's she with, Chelsea? Machine Gun, Gun Kelly. Kelly. And she just had a baby, and she's just in a movie that came out. That she just I had a baby, and they named him Short Round. They, 
Come on. You're missing the joke there. (laughs) Um, But she's in a movie called Big Gold Brick that I started watching. That's my half check-in. My pick is uh, 23 now. He's from McMinnville, Oregon. Shout out. Oh, did you know that my traveling nurse sister is about to go to Oregon? No, really? Assignment. Oh, wow. That makes me so mad. I'm jealous as hell. He's known for his role as J.C. Spink on the ABC situation comedy, The Goldbergs, which is ironic because that's a very Jewish show. His name is Zane Emery. Zane Emery is my pick for the role of Peter Mueller. Next up, we've got uh, the 19-year-old Christian Bale. He was 19, which is somewhat believable as a high school student. Yeah. Compared to Robert Sean Leonard, who was 24 at the time. Or Frank Whaley, who was 30. Right. That's crazy. (laughs) He's got a baby face. He looked mad young. All right. So uh, Christian Bale, 19 at the time, playing Thomas Berger. And spoiler alert, he's the one who... Flips. Who flips. He goes to the dark side. Chelsea, who's your Thomas Berger? My actor is in a movie called Cosmic Sin. Sierra, that movie sucks. I haven't seen it. Sierra, oh God. Bur- Burgess, Burgess is a loser. Sierra Burgess is a loser. Yeah, that movie. Uh, his name is Brandon Thomas Lee. Three names. Three names. My actor is 48 years old. And he can be seen in Gone Girl. And a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. But his character made a major flip in Starship Troopers, much the same as Christian Bale. I went with Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and also speaking of the Doogie Hauser thing earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Does, Doogie, whatever his new last name is. Do you yeah. agree with me? Christian Bale's mouth always looks like he's about to spit on somebody. I think he would be a good Joker versus a Batman. Yeah, he looks like he's about to spit all the time. My pick for the role of Thomas Berger. He's 21 now. He was in Jinxed. He was in The Swap. He was in Ready Player One and Cobra Kai. His name is Jacob Bertrand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a snaky guy in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I think that would work out. Uh, next up, we've got the role of Arvid, who was played by Frank Whaley, who was 30 at the time, playing a uh, y- a youth. At the very least, a youth. Yeah. Right? Um, Chelsea, what were you thinking for this? My actor was in the TV show Even Stevens. Uh-huh. The movie Kicking and Screaming. Yeah. The Cat in the Hat, Cheaper by the Dozen. His name is Stephen Anthony Lawrence. Stephen Anthony Lawrence. You 100% know him. Oh, yeah. He's 31 He's one now. Of the Lawrence brothers. He's not. I went with a 33 uh, year old actor for this role. Um, he was in uh, Pay It Forward, AI, and Sixth Sense. I went with Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment is great. <laughs> so take a look at that. Let me know if you want to try it. It's from Steel Hands, Steel Hands Brewing. And it's their tropical IPA. Oh, this should be interesting. From a graphic standpoint, I will give them low marks on C their minus on their logo, as well as their icon. What's he holding? Is that supposed to be like rebar? Yeah, it's rebar. This is very uh, a very um, it's dark for a tropical amber amber for an IPA, which is okay. It's still within the range. <clears throat> 
I've seen those faces. I've had worse. I get some maltiness. Yeah, there's some sugary sweetness to this. Not the best. I'm not. But not the worst. We've had worse. We've had worse, Trash Panda. All right. Well, my pick for Arvid, who's played by Frank Whaley, is somebody who's also 30 now, but he looks young. He's in the new West Side Story. He's in Touched with Fire and Panic. His name is Mike Faced. F-A-I-S-T. Mike Faced. Now we got one more. It's Frau Mueller, the mother of Peter. And she, when her husband, the violinist slash... uh, <clears throat> not down with the Nazis guy. The communist. Uh, got killed. We don't know how he got killed. She had to go and work in a factory. She's played by Barbara Hershey, who was 45 at the time. Chelsea. My actress was in Better Call Saul. Uh-huh. Uh, the TV show Fargo. Preacher and the movie Catch-22. I went with Julie Ann Emery. Julie Ann Emery. You got three names again. Mm-hmm. Julie Ann Emery nice. in Fargo and Catch-22? The movie. Okay. Sean, what do you got? I'm with an actress who is 43 years old to my 48-year-old son. <laughs> um, she was in... The Wait, tu- no, that's not physically possible. Well, it is in this world. She was in The Tuxedo. She was in Heartbreakers. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. I went with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. All right. Well, as I mentioned, this is my favorite pick of the day. And I think that it's a no-brainer in terms of face value, in terms of delivery, uh, and age. This actress is 44 now. She was in Stealing Beauty, Empire Records, and The Strangers. Her name is Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler is going to be in the Barbara Hershey role in this movie. I can see that. You yep. can't see it? I, I can see that. I can. Mm-hmm. We're all good with this. No go? No, no we, we like we're it. nodding. Where's, yes. Where's the confetti and the cannons and everything? <laughs> so, final thoughts on Swing Kids. It's a good movie. It's It's fine. I think that it holds up more than it should. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I liked it. Also, the um, just like the perspective of German people living in Germany during the time of Nazism who weren't on board yeah. is important. And also, the, the, the music was good. The dance numbers were great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was good. It don't mean a thing if you ain't got that swing. That's right. Well, we do have a final bonus segment. And it's going to be a tag team match, but we have four people to choose from. And I think that Chelsea, as as a lady, ladies go first, you get to pick your captain and then your next person after Sean picks his captain. So it'll go back and forth. Um, and I'm out of this one. I'm out of this one. So we have Robert Sean Leonard, Robert Shaw, George Bernard Shaw and Leonard Nimoy. Chelsea, who is your first pick? I pick Leonard Nimoy first. Leonard Nimoy first on Chelsea's team. Oh, Robert Shaw then. Robert Shaw on Team Sean. Robert Sean Leonard. 
Robert Sean Leonard on Team Chelsea. Who's the last guy? Which leaves you with George Bernard Shaw. George Bernard Shaw, amazing playwright and philosopher. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you lost. Well, no, I mean, really, Robert Shaw and Leonard? Come on, what has he done? Uh, Robert Shaw is in Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the dude got knows a how to take on a fucking shark. However, the shark won. Well, he did, yes, but he did it without fear. And uh, Chelsea, you've got you've got a Vulcan Vulcan oh, death grip boy. in your. I do. Not only that, but the man came back from death. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Chelsea wins this one. I think you might get it. I think Chelsea gets this one. Do you know what next week's episode is? You go, girl. You go, girl. Chelsea, what is it? Women empowerment movies. Women who kick ass. And one of the movies that we're going to talk about, this deals directly with our trivia question, our sneak preview trivia question, is Fried Green Tomatoes. Here's your question, and let's see if you have an answer. The film Fried Green Tomatoes was based on the novel Fried Green Tomatoes and the Whistle Stop Cafe. Written by this actress, comedian, and novelist. She was also in a film that we talked about tonight. I don't know. She was Mrs. Capello in My Best Friend is a Vampire. That was Fanny Flagg. Fanny Flagg wrote Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Wasn't that a weird alignment of the stars? That's crazy. This week and next week. All right. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Chelsea, for being here and doing what you do. Is there anything you want to plug? No. Sean? I will plug the Darlington Motor Speedway. There you go. You're going to be in front row. I don't know about front row. Pit row. uh, (laughs) You know what? I emailed them about those tickets. I haven't gotten them yet. (laughs) Mm. I have been to one, two, three Darlington races. Have you been to one before? I've never been, only to get my vaccine. Well, considering that, that's four 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 trips to Darlington. Have you ever been to a NASCAR race? Um, Not a NASCAR race. I've been to stock car races. Okay. Well, I... I'm not a huge fan. No, neither. Am I. But I do consider it to be the modern version of the Roman chariot races. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. 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 Also, way louder. No, just a way little bit. louder. With that, we're going to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and all of your other podcatcher apps. We are found online on podbean.com. We are Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. Also, our Twitter is at Cinema Chop Shop. We're on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash Cinema Chop Shop. Our email is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. Instagram at Cinema Chop Shop. Untapped Cinema Chop Shop. And then if you want to look at listening to us, we are... <laughs> Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. <laughs> we had some hits last week on YouTube, right? Yeah, apparently if you put sex in your title. And we had two episodes in a row that had sex in the title. You get hits on YouTube. Yes. Pervs. So apparently this is going to be the sex Sean Leonard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean, Sean Sexual Leonard. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you to you, the listeners, the chop shoppers out there. Don't forget to please get vaccinated. Otherwise, social distance and wear a mask until that is just something that we are used to. And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.